Hello guys, welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Soccer Academy. Something a little different this time. It's not me and Corey talking about uh, the latest in the Premier League or MLS, but it is me talking with someone about MLS. This time I'm talking with Buzz Carrick of uh, Third Degree, and many of you FC Dallas fans will know of Buzz. Something I learned during this interview, he is the one that started the L-Tran nickname for Ricardo Pepe, and that's what the whole interview was about. I wanted to dive deep into FC Dallas and Ricardo Pepe, so here's the interview. Hope you enjoy. All right, huge thanks uh, for Buzz Carrick joining me. Buzz, you are the founder and editor of Third Degree at thirddegree.net, covering all things FC Dallas and North Texas SC coincidentally both clubs that ricardo pepe has uh, played for how are you doing uh, i'm good thank you yes he and me play for both those clubs and the academy of course yeah absolutely um how long have you been writing for third degree or well, did, when did you create it i guess since you're the founder yeah october of 1997 so uh, following the 97 season i moved back to dallas um so from you've been Boston in the soccer World. scene for a long time yeah yeah yeah, we started immediately after that season. So this is our 25th season covering uh, FC Dallas coming up. Pretty I hope excited. it goes better. I hope it goes better for you than the MLS 25th season with COVID yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the bar's low, right? Yeah, yeah, so, very low. <laughs> we'll jump right into it. Um, sure. Obviously, so I wanted to talk with you. I was going to jump on and do my podcast, do my thing. And just talk about, you know, Ricardo Pepe and how important it is to MLS and American soccer and everything like that, you know, everything everyone's been talking about. But I was like, you know, why don't I just bring on someone who's who's there, who knows FC Dallas better than I do and everything to go along with that. Um, so if you could, um, what what is the significance of this huge move for Ricardo Pepe? Obviously, um, the number that's being thrown around is 20 million when you include the add-ons that are going to be included from Augsburg. Um, what is the significant for FC significance for FC Dallas? Well, um, you know, when, when you include the add-ons, it'll take it over 20 million. And then there's also been reported a 10% sell-on clause, which uh, FC Dallas is a big, big fan of sell-on clauses. Um, you know, that, that kind of number is a, a paradigm shifting number in the sense of the way people around the world will look at your club. Um, you know, Dallas was already thought of as a club that uh, could develop players and sell them, but not on this order of magnitude. This is a different uh, level in terms of the compensation. And in the end, of course, um, your, your value as a club and your value of your players and what you can sell them for is basically based on people's perceptions, what people are willing to pay. Yeah. It's so worth there's sort of a, there's a, yeah, so there's a new bar set in a way that sort of changes uh, the way the world will look at MLS and the league. You know, Alfonso Davies was the first one that really took that step because other than Davies and now Pepe, most of the big names have been players who had come here from foreign countries and then moved on, you know, like your Almirons or such, whereas both of these guys are internal, Davies and now Pepe, and that really changes things. Yeah, and, and it's worth noting that FC Dallas has had this reputation of being just a machine when it comes to producing youth players through their academy. Everyone knows of Weston McKinney and Brian Reynolds, and it looks like Justin Che is going to be one of those players soon. 
Um, I know I'm forgetting some. Um, Chris Richards, um, just an incredible amount of talent comes out of that academy. You've been covering the team for this is going to be your 25th year. What is it? Is it just a soccer hotbed there? Is it incredible coaching in the academy? Is it a mix of a lot of things? Well, it's a mix of a lot of things, but Dallas um, has always been, North Texas has always been a relative hotbed in producing soccer. You know, the there's some programs here that even prior to MLS and prior to the development of academies were winning national championships like Dallas Texans. You know, Dallas Texans was the first team that won the Dallas Cup Supergroup, which is some of the biggest clubs in the world come here for that group. Um, and then you include their ability to recruit, uh, that they've, you know, not all these great prospects there um, churning out are coming from the Dallas area. You know, you can look at Tessman from um, Alabama and Cervantes from Alabama and Richardson from Alabama. Uh, Thomas Roberts came out of Arkansas, uh, Pepe. And before him, Alex and Dejas came out of El Paso. It's Dejas they sold to Mexico a long time ago, and he's worked his way up through, uh, I think he's in the Coxa now and been in a couple other clubs. Um, and if you go way back, you can even look at the very first team they ever had, which had the, the Funes Mori brothers in it. Um, not for very long, but they went to high school here in the Metroplex before they went to Argentina and joined River Plate. You know, So um, this is a spectacular area for soccer, but there are other spectacular areas for soccer. And something that Hunts like to point out is that they early on figured out in their way to go into the youth market here. Uh, and they have really quickly recruited and gotten coaches and gotten developments. And Oscar Brad, of course, deserves a lot of credit for putting the academy together in the first place uh, near a decade ago. So um, they've put money into it. They've invested in it. They've taken it quite seriously for a long time now. And that's why they're the head of the, head of the game in that regard. Is there a good feeling around um, around the club about uh, Pepe's move to Augsburg? I know what the United States uh, men's national team fans what um, what they believe, and they believe it's it's mostly a good move because he's gonna should get playing time pretty quickly um, for Augsburg. What's the feeling around FC Dallas and like your circles? Well, it was inevitable, you know, that the Pepe eventually was going to leave. Um, I think there's a mixed feeling in here around this team that, you know, most people of course don't want to stand in some young kid's way and they want him to get as high as he can. And the club feels the same way. You know, you want these kids to make these moves like this, but at the same time, Dallas has never won an MLS cup here in the MLS. And there's a lot of like, why can't we keep some of these kids? Uh, and the, and the bottom line of that answer, of course, is that you have to pay them enough, but even if you do pay them more, you're still, MLS is still regarded as whatever you would like, double A, triple A, you know, kids still want to be at the biggest level of the games and they're very best players. almost no matter what you offer them in terms of money, are not going to want to stay here. They want to go play in the champions league, just as the best players all over the world do. The best players all over the world want to come to the NBA, you know, it's equivalent to that. So it's almost impossible for a club by Dallas to keep the very, very cream of the crop players as the league is now. You know, if we can continue to have this league grow and develop and become more financially secure and raise the money in the profile, then maybe you'll be able to keep some of those guys. Now, there's a, so there's a balance there. You're never going to be able to keep Pepe for very, very long, but maybe they can keep some of them. That's kind of what people feel like. It's like, you know, we really like to win some games around here. They do win a fair yeah. amount of games. They're consistently in the playoffs. They've only missed, I think it's seven or eight times in their history they've missed the playoffs. You know, they don't accept missing the playoffs, but that's different than competing for an MLS cup. That's a different level. I mean, they've won shields and they've won, 
um, open cups, but there's been maybe four times where they had a shot at MLS cup and it fell apart for one reason or another. And people, that's the overriding thing. Hey, great for Pepe. Good luck to you. We knew it was going to happen, but man, we'd like to win some around here. Hans, why don't you take this money and now spend it and get some players in here? Yeah. You actually led me right to the next thing I wanted to talk about because of course in MLS homegrown players, you get to keep a hundred percent of the money that you get from their sales. So do you expect the hunts to reinvest this in the squad uh, significantly to maybe see a, a team that is competing for an MLS cup? And I, Cause last year it, um, it was well noted that there were no Texas or California teams in the playoffs, which um, those are big markets for MLS. So do you expect the hunts to take some of that money, this 20 million that we're hearing and reinvest and maybe bring in some players? Uh, I expect them to spend some of it, but um, there's a lot in that question. The first is that it's sort of a coincidence that the Austin was an expansion team at the same time where well, Houston's been bad for a while, but at the same right. time Dallas set it down. So like that whole, there's no teams in Texas thing. It's kind of like a, well, who cares to me, but um, the, the, there's a bit of a misconception that the hunts don't spend money. The hunts spend money differently than other people. They believe in a money in money out in terms of, players you know like if they're going to spend on players they have to sell a player first well they just sold a big one but the hunts have always been willing to spend on uh, infrastructure of the stadium and the hall of fame and developing of the academy because they intend uh, and you can see the way they operate the chiefs they intend to run fc dallas on a relatively balanced budget and that's why they believe in selling players to bring in money before they buy players so i would anticipate they're going to spend some money of this money on players, but I think they'll also going to spend it on upgrading infrastructure. They've already talked about that or um, on really in a way, if you will, they're underwriting the losses of the first team because the first team here, we don't believe makes any money. Uh, the attendance is not what it should be. TV's not what it should be. The Jersey sales aren't what it should be. So the money's not there. So this is how they make money for the franchises, how the funny franchise turns a profit. Now they, they are adamant that when they sell a player that hundred percent of the money stays in the club, I don't have any evidence to prove that that's not true. It just doesn't end up in the player salaries. Uh, Dan Hunt just did an interview today where he talked about uh, over the next short run with the Pepe money, which they'll come in over three years, uh, all these transfers are paid over time. They're not paid in lump sums. They're going to take this money and they're going to bring in some new players for the first team. And they're going to invest in keeping some current players for a long time and try and develop stability of a top half of the league roster. So you know, the, the, what they don't do is go spend $10 million per season on a single player like Toronto does. You know, they don't do that. They, clearly, they're, they're going to spend splash on a big salary here in July, as we all know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the Hunts are going to spend for them some money. It's just they just don't do it like other people, you know, and they don't do it like, yeah. of course, the fans want them to do or even maybe I would wish them to do. And it's easy for me to spend their money, right? It's their money, not mine. So it's easy for us to say that. Um admittedly they don't have a phenomenal track record with their foreign signings to this point. They've had some hits, but they've had a fair number of misses too, particularly the players that they've spent large amounts of money on like Nielsen and Frank O'Hara. They've missed badly. So uh, I'm actually okay. If they want to maintain this develop from the Academy and, and, and they, they like to roll the dice on players you've never heard of and hope they turn into Mauro Diaz or Michael Barrios or Fabian Castillo, you know, or even the minor mm -hmm. success that's, Hadir O'Brien right now, you know, that's what they, that's the way they like to do business. Uh, yeah. I imagine they're not going to break that model. 
as it has been short of MLS cup. It's been successful. They're one of the winningest teams in this league in terms of pure wins over the time they've won a couple of open cups and a couple of shields a tie for one, not one, a couple, but you know, and they've won in the playoffs. They've gotten in the playoffs more often than not. What they don't ever have is the high pure difference maker to win them a championship that they've, at least they haven't so far. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that most supporters of clubs around the world usually aren't happy with the amount that their team spends unless you're the fan of Manchester City or Real Madrid or PSG. So those are uh, that seems a pretty common theme across the world. Um, back to Pepe. So co- whenever uh, people were looking at Ricardo Pepe coming through the academy, was he someone that everyone was like, okay, look out for this kid? Or was he more of a uh, unknown? No, no, he was, uh, from the minute he got here, he was uh, marked out as like, holy cow, he's special. So right away, people knew. And I saw him first when he was with the, he had just joined the U-17s when I first saw him. So people knew here that it was almost inevitable that he was going to be successful. And one of the factors of uh, giving him, when I gave him the L train, uh, train nickname, was not only just the way he plays, where he gets a head of steam going, you just can't stop him, but uh, sort of the way there was obviously hype was beginning to form in the hype train idea, but also just that idea that like there was no stopping that kid. He is a grinder. Um, he works his tail off and keeps his head down. And it just, you just felt like there, there was nothing that was going to stop him. And every hurdle they put in front of him, he has blown through without any hesitation. You know, first game with North Texas, hat trick, right? Comes up to the first team. Yeah. Uh, like this in this season, for example, there's a 32 year old superstar that the owner himself signed in front of you, getting paid three million a year. This is a starter. Well, tough luck. I'm going to take over. I'm going to score hat tricks. I'm going to, blow past that dude and take over the starting job, go to the national team. First game goal. The guy's relentless. So that success was as people around here have been talking about him for, you know, since he joined the Academy, they knew it was going to happen. Uh, the team he was in is particularly loaded. You know, the first time I saw them, there was five or six guys that just lit me up, including him. And, and most all of them have been, been very successful, but Pepe was the star from the get go. Are you telling me you coined the L train nickname? Yeah, uh, during the first ever North Texas game, he had a hat when he had the hat trick. I um, I, I did a tweet that said, "Peppy hype train coming through," you know, with some kind of train gif. And then shortly after that, I quote tweeted the first tweet and said something like, uh, and I put it on Twitter today, a, a screen grab of it that says, um, "Well, you know what? That's actually a really excellent nickname, Ricardo the Train Peppy." the train just steamrolled Chattanooga. So I think who they were playing uh, and then ha- and called them. It even works even better in Spanish. El Tren. So that's the origin had, of that. I nickname. had no and, clue. And, yeah. I was going to be talking to the person who created this nickname <laughs> yeah. that there's been incredible memes and yeah. uh, gifs, or if you say gif of, GIF, of, yeah, GIFs. of Ricardo's Ricardo Pepe's face on a train. And yeah. I had no idea. I was talking to the one who, who bestowed upon the U S fan base in Ricardo Pepe, this incredible nickname. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, look, you have to give all the credits to the kid. I mean, if I give a guy a nickname and he stinks, then who cares? You know, he's the one that's done everything to deserve it. We just had fun with train memes and yelling choo-choo when he would score and, <laughs> and things on Twitter. And, and then the social media team embraced it. And, and he actually, somebody actually um, tagged him on Twitter once and said, you know, why do, you, why do they call you El Tren? And he said, I don't know, you'd have to ask third degree. And so I sort of laid out those, that triple idea of, all these things about him 
And he liked that. And, and one of our reporters one time asked him off the record in the locker room if he liked it. He said, oh, you know, loves it. My family love it. You know, and so if he hadn't liked it and if the club's PR, social media people hadn't embraced it and had fun with it, I mean, that's really where it took off, you know, and became like a thing. And it's super pleasing to me, of course, when he joins Augsburg and they're doing train stuff like crazy, you know, that that has stuck around and makes yeah, it fun yeah, for me as a player like that to at least have that go with him, you know, and survive and be a, a fun thing. Cause you know, and when you see the play by play calls and he scores and the commentators yelling choo choo and stuff like that, it's it does warm your heart a little bit. Yeah. You are forever uh, engraved with Ricardo Pepe. Every time L train is said, yeah. <laughs> El train, well, again, so. I, I like to give him credit. I mean, you know, cause he's yeah, the of one course, Ricardo. Plays, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he was still playing the Academy, no one would care. You know, it's, uh, it's only because he's great that people think it's fun, you know. Right. I look forward to the many um, train memes that I will continue to see, especially whenever he scores goals for Augsburg and for the U.S. going forward. Um, yeah. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you um, was looking forward. We talked about the FC Dallas Academy, the uh, players it produces. Can you give me some names of some players that are maybe under the radar for people just in general MLS fans? Give me some, can you give me some names of people to look out for? In the Academy now? Oh uh, yeah. Academy or even, even first team, whatever. Uh, well, the first team players, I, I think you would have heard of already. Um, right. You know, they're the guys that have already signed homegrown deals and are jumping off to Europe. Um uh, the the next homegrown I think is going to be Antonio Carrera, who's the um, used 19 goalkeeper, six uh, three. His brother Nico Carrera is over at um, uh, uh, Holston Keel, I think it is. Um, and then you have um, Jonathan Gomez, who was here and went to Lose City. That kid's going to be a superstar, in my opinion. He just got in the national team camp. I mean, I'm going to take some credit for him for having come out of SC Dallas. Uh, and then you got to jump down a little bit. There's a little bit of a gap. You got to go down to the 17s or even the 15s. Um, there's a midfielder named Diego Hernandez at the, who plays the best player in the 19s, even though he's a 17 player. There's a keeper with the U17s who's six foot six, Julian Eyestone. Phenomenal uh, project to watch. Superstar in the making. Um, guys, I like, I love Anthony Ramirez, who's a uh, winger or 10 kind of player. He's been with Mexico 16, 17, 18s now, a bunch. Um, a guy, a kid that's starting to blossom, Nairobi Vargas with the U-17s, Malachi Molina with the 17s. Um, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head now. Yeah, you're uh, good. Listen, there, you know, there's a there's a there's an 05 and 06 bubble of that's very rich. Um, there was a superstar level player named Matthew Corcoran who left. Uh, I don't know where he's going yet. He's just recently left trying to do the Jonathan Gomez way, which is where you sign with the USL championship team and then jump when you're 18. But, you know, those, the 05s and 06s have a good chunk of like five, six guys a piece that could become MLS level players or better. You never really know. So once that bubble hits, expect like a, like a little wave for FC Dallas, and then it'll go back to the normal level where you get like one or two a season, you know, with your Testmans and your um, Thomas Roberts or your Justin Chase. Uh, Justin yeah. is an excellent middle leave. He's going to Germany this winter it looks like yeah it very much looks like Che is is headed out as well uh any nicknames yeah. for these guys uh I guess while we're on it <laughs> yeah <not laughs> totally get it if you don't yet, if you it's know. not if it's spur of the moment thing right yeah they have to come to you naturally organically they can't right they can't you can't just like force a nickname you know it's like 
uh, the, the Pepe L trend thing just happened in the moment, you know, cause the moment of with L trend was that like people were starting to get on board with the hype. And I was like, Oh, here comes the hype train. And that's when it was yeah. like, Oh, that's perfect. And then <laughs> it's off from there. And so there are other guys that you, uh, some guys will give themselves the nickname or you try to come up with a nickname and it just doesn't, doesn't always, the, the best ones know, are always off. natural. Yeah. In everything. They're the, be- the best yeah. ones are always natural that just come that way. Um, Buzz, I can't thank you enough for the time you spent with me tonight and talking about Pepe and FC Dallas. Where can people find uh, you and Third Degree? Well, thirddegree.net is the website. We also have a podcast called Third Degree, the podcast. We've been podcasting for about three years now, so you can catch us there. Um, on Twitter, I mean, everything's Third Degree. So on Twitter, we're Third Degree Net. On Instagram, Third Degree Net. I mean, you can almost always find us under that moniker. Uh, you know, lots of stuff on Twitter and the website and, and the podcast. And, and we have a Patreon. If you decide you really like what we do, you can join the, jump on the Patreon, uh, which is, of course, a lot of fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the time. Uh, very glad to learn more about Pepe and what FC Dallas is doing. And also the creator of not only Third Degree, <laughs> but El Tren. So very Tren. much. Thank, thank yeah, you yeah. very much, Buzz. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Happy to help out.